let's encourage him as he comes up. Thank you. Well, I've already had a round of applause, so I may as well just sit down now. That's fine. Um, Sam, could you do me a favour? Could you wheel Mr. Flipchart down to the front in front of the flowers? Thank you. Just give me a sec. I've got all these pieces of paper everywhere, all these clickers, all these pens. Let's have these down here as well. Ah, oh, cool. We're on the board. Faith, politics and cats. Have a little bit of fun this morning. Hello, good morning. Nice to see everybody. I'm a little bit nervous. It's kind of like my test run in front of the adults. You can do the children and the older children and the older children, but can you do the real ones? We'll check. That's a joke. You know that's a joke. I was super blessed beforehand. Um, we were praying in the den and they come out and the guys are praying for me. It's cool. And then Sam and some of the young people are lingering. I'm like, what are they lingering about? They're lingering around. We're up to something no good. And they're calling me, James, you're talking, aren't you? He's like, yeah, I'm talking. Can we pray for you? Yeah, you can. That's fine. And that super encouraged me and blessed me. So thank you, guys. Um, that was awesome. So what are we doing today? We are talking about Daniel and the Lion's Den, which is a story most of us probably know. Yeah? Yeah, yeah two of us know. Cool. Uh, most of us can probably read and pick out all the important parts that I'm going to pick out today and understand them for themselves, probably, because it's quite straight up. It's quite simple, but it's very exciting. So if there is... Uh, any questions, I'm going to do this youth style, because someone said to me, well, it's a little bit different than teaching a youth. I'm like, yeah, it is, but no, it's not, because it's the same. Um, so if anyone has any questions, they want to come and write down. We've got some pens. Where are my pens? Please just jump up throughout the morning and come and write them down on this flip chart. If there's any words you think you don't understand, come and write them on a board. Anything that jumps out to you, anything you think, oh, that's an interesting one. That's an exciting word. I've never come across that before. Come and write it on the board. And I will also be calling on people to come and write stuff down that I think is interesting. Um, is that all right? And I will be asking you questions as well as we go along because this is how we learn by being asked questions, not just being told the facts and the truth from the front, nodding and going away to whatever's next. Um, we learn by being asked questions and absorbing it for ourselves. So let's do this. Um, tick, tick, tick. I've got some Bible reading I'm going to be asking the youth to come out and do as well because um, they're very good at Bible reading. Um, right then, let's see if the clicker works. Yeah. It does. So when I was thinking about this, the thing that jumped out to me first of all was why the heck have we got a den full of lions? That was the major thing. Not any of the miraculous stuff, not any of the kind of confusing political or Daniel kind of stuff that we all know really. Why has these dudes got a den full of lions? So I thought about it for a little while. Now, we're talking about ancient, ancient history, which I really enjoy, I really love. So some of this is probably more of a history lesson than it is a sermon. Um, but I don't apologize about that because history is cool. Am I right? Anybody does history? Yeah, two people like history as well. Awesome. So we do know that the Egyptians loved cats, don't we? Does anyone know any interesting facts about the Egyptians and cats, apart from there was they worshipped cats and they thought cats were super cool? Does anyone know anything? Mummified. They mummified cats. That's awesome. A bit weird. Yeah? Any, anyone else? We've got one Egyptian expert down the front. Statues of cats. That's pretty cool. Big ones, little ones, round ones. The, the jars that hold the organs sometimes have a cat in them. 
Ooh, lovely. So they're quite fond of cats. So it's like, that was interesting. Um, as, we're look, as I was looking at the Egyptians, thinking about the Egyptians, we're talking about the Persian Empire today as well, with Daniel in, the, in Babylon and Persia and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I found on a weird corner of the internet, this may or may not be true, but I'm not too sure, um, but apparently the Persians wanted to defeat some of the Egyptians in a big battle for a big place somewhere in that part of the world, and they carried cats, the Persians carried cats in their hands, because the Egyptians so worshipped and honoured cats, they were too afraid to kill them as they were attacking them in case they hurt the cats. So they were like, let's get the cats and we'll walk towards them. The Egyptians won't be able to do anything. The they won that battle through the power of cat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they like, lobbed cats at them as well and all sorts of stuff. Um, but they wouldn't kill them because they were carrying cats. That's pretty cool. And there are also <laughs> there are 8.5 million pet cats in the UK alone. Now, that is just a random thing off Google as well, which could be incorrect. I've not counted them. 8.5 million pet cats in the UK alone. So, someone shout out if you know who this cat is. Ben, who's that cat? That's Ben's favourite and wonderful cat. What's your opinion on cats, Ben? <laughs> Sam, what's your opinion on cats? Lovely. I went round to their house the other week and this cat is, isn't worshipped, I'm not going to say that, but this cat is loved dearly and deeply by these wonderful children. Can you see them? I didn't get a photo of AJ in there as well, but the cat was lying in the sun, being straight. It was a nice cat, wasn't it? It's a nice cat. I'm not too fond of them, to be honest, but that was a lovely cat. Um, what have we got next? Oh, this is a funny one. He'll enjoy this. Somebody else in the church that likes cats? <laughs> I just, who's, who's that? That smudged the cat, another cat that is loved and adored in a Hadfield house. Smudged. There was a lot of pictures of Hadders and that cat. Like, a lot. I've got them on my phone. If you want to see them afterwards, come and get me. There was a lot of pictures. Um, next one. Um, no one will know who this cat is, apart from one of us. Oh, that cat's called Wilson, a cat that me and Jess met. Um, and he was a bit aloof, as cats often are. Um, but he came in and came to see us one day. He's very cute. He's very nice. Um, do I have any other pictures of cats? No. So we're talking about cats. We're actually talking about lions. So it's a very vague link. And I'm glad I shoehorned all those pictures in just to make people, well, make two people laugh. Um, so we're really talking about lions. Lions are super cool. So lions, hunting lions, um, killing lions is deemed in these ancient times the sport of kings, which is pretty horrible. But you can imagine, because lions, if you've ever seen a lion, most of us have probably seen a lion, know what ones look like. Um, they're quite powerful. They've got big claws, big teeth. So if you can kill one or subdue one or hunt one or whatever or catch it, like you're a pretty cool guy. Um, apparently, again, according to Google, um, lions were said to roam ancient Mesopotamian forests. Can you imagine that? Lions just roaming through the forest. Like, uh, are they endangered? Are lions endangered at the minute? Yeah. Someone says yes, someone uh, some noises. Um, but that's, that just blows my mind. Rome in the forest. Um, Babylon and Persia had lion parks. I would not like to be the dude who was tasked, go out, get us some lions to put in the park. How do you corral a lion into a pen, into a den, into a park? How do you do it? Like, we're, we're not got like stun guns or, or like what they call it when they make the lions go to sleep. Um, so someone is literally having to go out and force, force these lions into the king's like den, the king's pen. So basically, he can just kill them and play with them. It's crazy. Um, that was one of the questions I was going to ask the church, actually. How do you get a lion into a den? Any ideas? Dangle a deer in front of it. Dangle a deer in front of it. 
yeah, solid. That's a good answer. I'll take that. Um, and lions, obviously, are seen as proof of royal power, authority, might, strength, influence. Any other word you can think of like that? Shout them out. Scary. Yeah, a bit of like fear, fierce. Any good words? Churches, you need to wake up a little bit today, guys. Come on. Wealth. Yeah. Lions are still pets today in the Middle East. That's a bit, I need to go and ask those guys how do they get them into the garden. Yeah, so we've got might, strength, power, and influence, which is aptly, aptly summed up by this next picture. Click. There we go. Might, strength, power, influence, wealth, courage, fear, all summed up by this beautiful image. Sorry, Mike. I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to finish there, to be honest, guys. Um, I'm going to stop banging on about lions for the moment. So, just look at that. Just remember that for a minute or two. Oh, don't get me started. I'll tell you after. Um, so, <laughs> Daniel. We, we know about Daniel. We know, um, we've read the stories. We've heard the stories in Sunday school um, and in church. Daniel, an exile from Judah, a captive of Israel, served... And as an advisor to four kings, loads of kings, loads of cool guys, ruthless dudes who were just like killing people left, right, and center. And Daniel's there from the enemy's town, from the enemy's village, from the enemy's country. And he's there amongst the ministers and governors, and he's calling the shots. It is what an example that is. A man of prayer with the gift of prophecy. This man, Daniel, had a sh- has a sharp mind and is filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. Which sums up this guy as a pretty cool dude. Next picture. Oh, this is just one. I didn't really know where to put this slide in there. Um, But I wanted to. Any geography teachers in the house? Oh, no, David's not here. Um, This is where we're talking about... Does this have a laser on it? Oh, maybe, but I'm not going to bother. So we're talking about these countries. We know India's over here because it says, what are these countries in the middle? I'm looking at Lorna because you know this kind of area of geography quite well. What, 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 what countries? Saudi Arabia's down there. Iran, Iraq, all those kind of... So this is where we're talking about. So get this in your mind. If you know in ancient history, like just start thinking about what these places look like, what they feel like, what they sound like. Um, and let's have the video, if that's all right. Big shout out to David and David at the back, David Squared, doing a fantastic job with all the PA today. Stories of the Bible. Daniel in the lion's den. This is Daniel. Oh, hey. Who was a Jewish man who was taken to Babylon when he was very young. Mm-hmm. Daniel loved God and followed God's rules. He talked to God three times a day and asked God for help often. Daniel served in the Babylonian king's court for many years. Yeah, I know him. And under many kings. Daniel. Daniel always proved himself to be more capable than all the other court officials. My hero, thanks. Well, anytime. Daniel was serving under King Darius, and because of his great abilities, the king made plans to place him in charge of the entire empire. Wow, okay. The other court officials searched for some fault in Daniel, but they couldn't find anything wrong with him. He was faithful, 
responsible, and completely trustworthy. The court officials realized the only way to get at Daniel would be to challenge his faith. Come on! So they went to King Darius. <laughs> Excuse me, your majesty. And advised him to make a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone except King Darius will be thrown into the lion's den. I like it. King Darius signed this law, and once a Babylonian king signed a law, it could not be overruled. When Daniel learned of this law, he went home and knelt down, as he always did, to pray in his room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he always had done, giving thanks to God and asking for his help. The officials went to Daniel's house and found him praying. Gotcha! They went to the king and reminded him of the law. I remember. Well... Then they said that Daniel had been found praying to God three times a day. What? When the king heard this, he was very upset. Get over here. And he spent the whole day trying to think of a way to save Daniel. Wait, what? By that evening, the court officials came back to the king <coughs> and reminded him that no law signed by the Babylonian king could be overruled. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. The king said to him, May your God, who you serve faithfully, rescue you. Then the lion's den was sealed shut with Daniel inside. The king spent the night fasting and couldn't sleep. Then very early in the morning, the king hurried to the lion's den. He called out, Hey Daniel! Was your God able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, Long live the king! My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be taken out of the lion's den. Then the king ordered the men who had schemed against Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den as punishment. Daniel was safe. There was not a scratch on him, for he trusted in God. Cool. That's a nice little video, isn't it? Thank you. We use these ones a lot with the kids, because, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. That's totally sound, totally true, and I love the little noises they make. Um, so... Thank you, team. Cool. So, we've heard the story. We've read the story. Well, we haven't read it. We've looked at the story. We've listened to the story. So, we're going to go through the story piece by piece as we go forwards, if that is okay with you lot. Um, cool. No one's got any questions yet or anything have there? No? Nearly? All right, then. I'll get there. Sam, could you come and write just in big letters at the top, Daniel. Quality. Thank you, buddy. So, let's kick off. Chapter 6. It pleased Darius, Darius, I'm not quite sure, um, to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three chief ministers over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. What's this question, Sally? 
what is uh, oh that is like mind reading provincial governors in the ancient Persian Empire Sally that's what they are so when we see that word we're thinking of governors ministers in the in the in the in the what's it called in the government in the empire 120 of them remember that number because it's going to come back into the story and be a little bit crazy. So 120 people he'd set to rule throughout the kingdom, and each of these 120 had a different area to rule over. So you can imagine it's quite a challenge bringing them all together under one roof, under one kind of banner of unity. Like we have, how many pastors do we have? Six, five, nine people in the leadership team, and it's a challenge to get us all in one room at the same time. So you imagine 120 over an empire, like, yeah, hard times. And the king wanted to fully unify all of these provinces, um, he wanted to look powerful, but he was also quite easily swayed. He was only one of these governors as well. He had taken over from the last king, um, but he was just one of these guys who had kind of stepped up into the next realm of power. Um, so he's a king by default, really. He's just a minister as well. So obviously we've got kingly qualities, um, and we've got qualities of governors and ministers, but the king has taken a step up um, into this. So he's probably on a little bit shaky ground. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself... Where are we? There we are. Distinguish himself among the chief minister and over the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Now, is anyone 60 years old? Brave enough to put your hand up. Anyone 60? 60. 60. Okay, well, yeah, 60. That's all right. <coughs> well, in the story, Daniel is about 60, so that's just an illustration. Um, He's a, we think about it, 60-odd, 50-odd years ago, he's a refugee from Israel. Like, they've taken him, and it's been a horrible, horrible journey. Um, but he shows these exceptional qualities and has outlived the previous king. Um, if you go back and read chapter 5 and 4 and 3 and 2, you'll sort all that stuff out. Daniel has a knack for surviving, because these guys are pretty ruthless, like throwing people into pits of lions and stuff like that, fiery furnaces. Like, I chat to Sally, we love the Old Testament, don't we, Sally? But it is pretty brutal, pretty ruthless. Um, and you think about it for a second, thrown into a fiery furnace. Like, it's just mad. Um, so when God invests lots in us, like God had invested a lot in Daniel, he expects a lot back from us. And as we go on to see, or as we've read in previous chapters and we see in the rest of the book, Daniel gives a lot back to God. At this, the chief ministers and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we could stand before the enemy and he could find no dirt on us whatsoever? No dirt to get hold of when he comes looking for something to bring us down. Daniel is so consistent. And Emma, that's the first word. Can you write it on my board? That's what you get for yawning. That's a joke. <laughs> Can you write consistent on the board? Daniel is so consistent. He honors the authority above him, obviously. He has a deep theological understanding of where he's come from, of the rich history of his faith. And he is full of faithfulness. Full of it. Not just to God, but also to men. He is living in this land of enemies, of people that don't agree with his rules and his religion um, and his faith. But he is faithful to them, as, as faithful as he is to God. 
Like, these are exceptional qualities, as the word says. These days, I don't know if you see, you watch the news anytime, like a new politician comes in somewhere, or a new sports person, or whatever, and like something they tweeted in 2015 when they were like six years old, it's like he's on the front pages, oh, well, once you said this one thing a hundred years ago about this one person, and it's kind of any piece of dirt these days for anyone in a public space is brought up, their, their searches are trawled through, their Facebook posts are trawled through to any one thing they've ever done wrong in accusation against us, in accusation against people in authority. Any question is asked, but with Daniel, they're searching through his tweets, searching through his Instagram account, and they find absolutely nothing on him. Click, click. Oh, is that where we want to be? So these chief ministers went as a group to the king. Okay, they went as a group to the king. So 120 minus one, because obviously Daniel is one of those as well. So 119 went as a group to the king and said, making Darius, Darius, whatever, live forever. The royal ministers, prefects, satraps, advisors, governors had all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law, which cannot be repealed. So the king put this decree in writing. So as we saw from the cool little video, any decree that the Persian king put in writing, was well, that was it, boom. There's no going back. Not even he could go back. And this is because they believed that any law the king put across was from the gods. So these guys know, you know what, if we can trick the king into signing this off, we will know that everybody will think this is from the gods. We will know that he cannot go back. We know that he loves Daniel. We know that Daniel's his favorite. We know that he's always bringing him into the house and inviting him around for tea and things like this. We know, and we want to be there, the jealousy coursing through their veins. So they know what's going to happen. They know that the king cannot go back on his promise. Um, so they dress this up as a unification. Your Majesty, look, we've got all these 120-odd provinces. Like, if we could for 30 days come together for a time of prayer and unity, yeah, we could unite this new kingdom. We could be together. Just the one thing, just everyone just pray to you. And as a prideful, mixed-up king on shaky ground, he's kind of like, yeah, okay, I'll take that. Some of us would hear that message from the enemy and say, you know what, we're going to give you all this praise and all this glory. And we think, you know what, actually, we like that. I like to be told I'm doing a good job. I like people to come and tell me I'm doing well or this has been great or, you know what, we're going to spend 30 days every day. We're just going to come and give you presents. Like, who would say no to that? Appealing to a prideful king whose, whose weakness blinds him to their ulterior motive. Now, I want to point this out. One thing. <clears throat> Verse 7, we've got a, when it says, anyone who prays to any god or human being, that is a lowercase g, Lowercase g, have we agreed? Is everyone reading the words as I'm reading them? Yeah. Yep, two people are reading as well, cool. It's, just remember that, it's a lowercase g. Just remember, it'll come, just remember. We have the next one, cool. <clears throat> now, when Daniel learned that, that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Prayer can be postponed, can it? My prayer life is often dictated by my schedule. <laughs> oh, I've got this meeting. Oh, I've got this. So I'm going to squeeze that in there. I'll do this. Daniel's prayer life is being dictated by threats against his life. 
that's a message for us today. I've just looked at my watch and I'm panicking a little bit. So um, we're going to rush through and I'm going to assume you're understanding my message when I say it. Don't let your prayer life be affected by your schedule. Communion can God with wait. Can, communion with God can wait. It's only a month. It's only thirty days. Yeah. Can wait, can't it? It can wait till after line of duty. It can wait till after call the midwife. To disobey the king was the riskiest thing to do, or was it the safest thing he could do? Yes. Just, just think that for a second, and I hear all the ding, ding, ding. Obedience to God carries earthly risk, but heavenly safety. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Daniel is consistent. Charlotte, would you come and write that on the board for me? Consistent, just underneath that word there. Yeah, but come and write that. It's, it's to make a point. Thank you. That's cool. Then these men went as a group, uh, again, 119 men went as a group to find Daniel and found Daniel praying and asking his God for help. So obviously it's quite obvious these 119 men are traipsing throughout the streets. There's a lot of them. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that in the next 30, during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the, whatever that word says, and Persians, which cannot be repealed. They said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, the enemy would love to just get all the things from our past and throw them into our present. You heard Daniel, he's an exile from Judah, the guys we don't like, the guys that we conquered. Remember him, remember all his bad things, remember all his history that he's moved on from. The enemy will do that to us all of the time. He pays no attention to you, your majesty, or the decree that you put in the writing. He still prays three times a day. He's a minister, a governor, and he's coming to his house, opening the windows three times a day. Three times a day. And when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sunset to save him. Slight change. Then the men went as a group to the king and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. Like, we've got him. We've finally got him. So the king gave the order. They brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. Now, um, uh, I can't remember your name. Holly, what's the difference in this final sentence, verse 18? Oh, no, we're not there yet. Verse 16. Remember the thing I asked you about two minutes ago to remember? Capital G. I knew you would get that one. Nice one. Capital G. Does anyone know the difference between lowercase and capital G, what we're talking about? Emma, go on, shout it out. It's a proper noun. We're not just talking about all the gods down here, all the other things, all the spiritual whatevers, like whatever, because they get the lowercase g. But when we see the capital G in the Bible, we know that the person is talking about the almighty God, the king of the, the Jews, the, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, all those other names. When we see capital G, that's what we're talking about. And this is mad because this is the king of the empire who is using the capital G. He's recognizing the authority and the weight and the power of the capital G God. Then the men, yep, thank you. Then the men went as a, oh, we've read, we read that bit. There we go. All right, I'm just getting lost in my notes. Darius knows he's been tricked, but is powerless, though his acknowledgement of God must go down like a lead balloon with these guys. What? 
Generally, the Persian Empire allowed people to keep their religions, but it was well known that this king had a massive amount of zeal for the Persian gods and their religious setup. So he was like chief of like pushing their gods and their faith on everybody. But look at this, he's using the capital G. A stone was bought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the ring rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Uh, I would love to get someone out to read from the Bible that I promised, but I'm going to do it myself because it'll be a little bit quicker. Sorry, team. Someone's moved Psalms in my Bible. No, there it is. Psalm 22, verse 21. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. Daniel knew this as he was going into the ground. Sealed by stone. That ring any bells for anybody? A couple of people. The rest of you will catch up. Sealed by stone. Think about it. A couple of weeks' time. Um, does anyone know the Hebrew word for accuser? This is a tricky question. Because obviously all these guys are accusing Daniel of all this stuff. You've done this. You've done this. They're trying to find something to accuse him with. Anyone good at Hebrew? Tim here? No, Tim's not here. Yes, the Hebrew word for accuser is Satan. We're seeing some parallels in here. It's crazy. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him. Makes me laugh. He could not sleep. The king's in his palace. Oh, you know what? Guys, no entertainment tonight. No entertainment. Whilst Daniel is sat amongst these beasts with claws, no entertainment, no food, slight change. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near to the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living capital G God, has your capital G God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. Who's here? Amani, can you come and write underneath this word here, consistent for me? Thank you. If you don't know how to spell it, it says it right above. <coughs> Daniel had a hierarchy of God and King. He means what he says. His yes is yes. Churches are yes, yes. Do we mean what we say? Are we consistent, consistent, consistent? Challenging question to ponder, as we like to say. My God sent his angel. Is that on the screen? Yeah. Cool. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They shut the mouths of the lions, but lions still have claws. Yes, we're talking like a double miracle because he shut the mouths of the lions, but lions can still scratch you. So we also put down the paws of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in God. No wound will be found on us if we trust in God. We might get wounded. We might get hurt. We might open ourselves up. We might feel that hurt. We might allow it. But no wound, no heavenly eternal wound will be found on us if we trust in God. This is kind of obedient, disobedient. Daniel is obedient and disobedient. And I think we can be obedient and disobedient in our lives. Not like breaking laws because someone will listen to this on the internet and I'll get arrested for inciting like you to break laws. Um, but what are the rules in life that we, we, we believe, the unwritten rules maybe that we might say that we have over ourselves? One stupid example for me, I went to the pub once with a mate and we had dinner and he was like, well, let's just pray now. I was like, what? 
can't pray in the pub, and it's really awkward and really weird. That was an unwritten rule over my life. I know it's simple, and it's not quite in the scheme of lions, but that was an unwritten rule in my life. Actually, I can speak to God whenever I want, wherever I am. So we might be thinking that today. I can't speak to God in the pub or in the cafe. Yeah, you can. Go for it. What a night's sleep you must have had in the company of angels and lions. I would love to have a night's sleep like that. Um, so then the, new, the Old Testament gets a little bit brutal at verse 24. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. Just, we'll just put that over there with questions to answer when Ben's speaking. Um, and before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. I'm just going to gloss over that bit for the time being because I've not got enough time to answer why that's happening. Nice one, Holly, thank you. Then the king wrote... This is my favorite bit. It absolutely blows my mind every single time. Then the king wrote to all the nations and all the peoples of every language in the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom must, people must fear and reverence the capital G God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of King Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Awesome. What's next? I just think that's massive. Just read it. I'm not going to read it. Read it now whilst I get a drink. Right, we're getting there. Two more minutes. 25 more minutes. Just some little application points to finish off on. Yeah, and I'm not going to explain them too much because you're all bright people. You all get it. That's a blank slide. There we go. Jealousy will lead to destruction. If you didn't know that, know that. If you're jealous, it will lead to you being thrown to a pit of lions. It probably won't be that extreme. But in a spiritual realm, it's really bad. Don't be jealous. Just, just, just don't. Be found blameless. Jesus is our defender. You know what? Daniel was found blameless. We are not blameless. We are full of mistakes and full of sin. But we can go to the cross and say, Jesus, just have it. Turn around and we can be found blameless. When the enemy comes to us and he's trawling through our history to find something to pill on us, there's probably stuff he can get. Probably for most of us, there's something there. But when we give it to Jesus, he's like looking at a blank piece of paper. Because Jesus is our defender. Oh, I went back. And to practice obedient disobedience. Think about the unwritten rules of your life or um, the laws that are over your life. What are the things that are unwritten that you can just disobey completely and you can transform your life and your walk with God by being obedient to him but disobedient to the powers that will seek to destroy you. The person who trusts God and obeys him is kept untouchable. The mouths of the lions were shut, but lions still have claws, and Daniel was without a scratch. This is what I wanted the kids to come and do for me, but sorry, dudes. I have to trust that I'll be invited back to do this again. 2.15, what does it say? 
and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Amen. If you face critics and jealousy because of your faith, your zeal, and your faithfulness, be glad. The enemy can find no other way in. Yeah, if at school, guys, you are being persecuted for your faith, people are taking the mick out of you because you're a Christian, be glad that they're taking the mick out of you for that and for nothing else because you'll see what happens. We've read the story. Your faithfulness will transform that situation. What's the reference? Is it 18? Yeah, it's 18. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And finally, the God, the capital G God of Daniel, is your God. We have to put on ourselves a kingdom mentality. Someone write that down as a question, what is that? Because I wrote that and it's a great phrase. But you know what, if someone asked me to unpack that right now, I'd probably struggle. So, Romans 8, chapter 11. Who knows what it says without looking at their Bibles. And the spirit of, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body because of his spirit who lives in you. So just soak that up, absorb that. It's 10 past 12. I'm going to just cut it there because I've got some more stuff to talk about. But, yeah, what a cool story, eh? Um, We've got some of these questions. People may intend to do you harm. God will turn it for your good. He is king. Amen. If there was 120 of them, how did they fit? That's true. if Yeah, maybe they did it one at a time or over a couple of weeks, something like that. Um, yeah, lots of lions. Consistent, consistent, consistent. That's what I want us to pick up from Daniel today, that he was consistent, consistent, consistently consistent. If we can be faithful and consistent in our lives, in our church, in our walk, let our yes be yes. Our no's be no. It's also equally important. We are going to have prosperity and success in the kingdom just as Daniel has done and I'm going to sign out and hand back to Ben and go and have a cup of tea thanks guys you can see